Welcome to Building the Bluegrass, a podcast dedicated to cool stuff made in Kentucky. We want to share with you how it was made, why it was made, and the story behind it. And now, here's your host. Hello, everyone out there. Welcome to another episode of Built in the Bluegrass. Have a little bit of a change in pace today where we are making a move towards some of the software business, which for those of you in the software business, any SaaS people out there or anything that comes across uh, your mind, we want to make sure we're explaining why that is something that is built here that matters that it's made here and matters that uh, what it does for you truly brings value. So with us today, we have uh, Jeremy Pritchard, who is the Director of Sales and Marketing for Trend Docs. Jeremy, good seeing you today. Glad for you know, being on the show. Uh, just go ahead and kick it off here. What we'd like to do is just get a little background since this is a little different. It's not just like, hey, tell us about your awesome widget. Um, if you would, just tell us a little bit about yourself, but then start with um, why the creation of this really matters. Okay. Well, first, thanks, Griffin, for having me on the show. I appreciate that. And um, I know that we are a little different than than what uh, you normally, you know, are talking to with manufacturing. And, um, so I appreciate you having me on the show. Made, you know, built in the bluegrass. When I think of that, I think about widgets. I think about factories. I think about um, people doing something that they can physically hold in their hand at the end of the day and say, I made this. Well, we don't do that. What we do is help people do that, and we do that uh, in a way that helps them become more efficient, whether that's out on the production floor and they need increased efficiencies with, you know, which parts should we make, should we be making at which time, uh, or did we receive those parts and do we need to pay for them, or man, I can't find this piece of paper with that invoice, can you get me a copy of it? All of those types of things are what we help. Uh, kind of go away. We take people paperless and make them more efficient. Okay, so you something you mentioned there is the consulting piece, uh, which is like, hey, you know, we're we're coming in as a consultant, going to tell you how to do this better. We've seen several of these, but when it talks about the software that you have, that is something that that your company has built, something that you supply to uh, manufacturers across the state that they are using to create the efficiencies that you just mentioned. Correct? Absolutely, and that's. Built in the bluegrass, right in Lexington uh, on Beaumont Center, from uh, the developing work to the coders to sales and marketing to our customer support team, everybody's right here in Kentucky. So, from a software perspective, uh, that's you know that's pretty unique. A lot of that is outsourced to India or, or places where you know folks don't talk like you and me. Uh, but with us, we're creating software solutions for the bluegrass and beyond. Um, in a way that we understand, you know, what business is like in our state and what businesses need. So as far as the actual software that you create, do you piggyback anything or is this something that you made from scratch? It's a little bit of both. We, um, about 25, 26 years ago, my company is a Microsoft gold certified partner. That's the highest level that Microsoft awards. And about 12 years ago, we got tired of always just selling Microsoft products and we noticed that every customer had something that made them different. They wanted this a little bit different than that. And so what eventually uh, came to be is that we created a product that was customizable to you know, whatever situation that's not at all affiliated with Microsoft. So whether it's a Microsoft financial system or Oracle or QuickBooks, 
or whatever people might be using to run their accounting department, what we do is bolt onto that to help get information into and out of those systems automatically without somebody having to be at a keyboard, click clacking and typing away. So the, the backend software that you all create, is it, 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 it's something that you all possess, you all own. It's not a licensure agreement with somebody. You're making this unique for each person that you're dealing with. Absolutely. That, that's right. It's fully owned um, by uh, Mr. John Stuckey, who's a local businessman uh, here in Lexington. And it's our own proprietary um, solution. It's not licensed or um, loaned out by anyone. It's, it's totally ours. Awesome. So let tell me how this is most used. Like whenever, if I come to you and I'm a manufacturer of a certain size, uh, what is it that you usually find? What are the inefficiencies that exist, whether it be supply chain, whether it be logistics, whether it be inventory? What are some of the things that you're typically going to find that people that you're like, yes, yeah, slam dunk, you need what it is our software provides? Well, you just touched on some of them there with inventory, you know, and so on. But a lot of times uh, um, people focus a lot on efficiency on the production floor. Quality control is very important, making sure what you make is worth selling. Um, But a lot of times those same businesses that are laser focused on efficiency on the production floor, they're laser focused on quality work on the production floor. Their back office is a paper tornado. And people are shuffling papers around as as inefficient as possible, tracking down people in the hallway to try to get something approved, uh, emailing people documents. And so what we try to do is help their back office catch up to the production floor and make them uh, efficient, too. And the way that we do that is uh, we monitor emails uh, for them. We automatically populate information off of the documents coming in and automatically route through workflows that they tell us, here are the rules and here's the requirements. So what would be an example? Like uh, you're talking about here's a rule and requirement as far as the implementation of it goes. Sure. So one example might be, um, you know, maybe a manufacturer is headquartered in Kentucky, but they also have a branch in Indiana. Maybe they have one in Tennessee. Maybe they have one in Ohio. And every state has different tax requirements. So how do you want to treat those tax requirements in your state versus my state? Um, well, can you automate that instead of somebody having to know tribal knowledge, you know, what do we do in these situations? We build out rules that say whenever a document comes in from this vendor to this location, uh, we don't have to route it to anybody in your accounts payable situation, but we can bypass them automatically whenever there's a three-way match, you know, for a purchase order and a receipt uh, and an invoice. And then we can move right to the approver. So that speeds up uh, the payment processing, which by default means that you're capitalizing on those early pay discounts and not getting penalized for not paying on time. So was this, you know, for your all's product, you know, you mentioned that a lot of times these factory floors are already, you know, maximizing efficiency, whether it be Six Sigma or, you know, different different things that can exist. Uh, this is sort of a white collar piece more so than the actual production piece. Is that fair to say? Uh, I believe that is fair to say. It, it's not totally accurate, but that's probably 90% true. Uh, we do also help with some production floor. Uh, we have clients in the plating industry, and they'll plate parts for the automotive world, and uh, they're running you know, their routings through us for their production floor. But most of the time, we're helping the back office, whether it's uh, 
sales orders or invoicing, um, you know, contract management. Most of the time, it's more of a white collar efficiency. Got it. So talk you know, a little bit about why Microsoft Oracle, somebody that is not better than you. What are you doing that uh, somebody with a big, big, big coding and development department isn't doing? Sure. That, that's a really good question. One that we get a lot. And uh, the answer is that Microsoft, Oracle, SAP, those guys are so big that they have a one size fits all approach. Well, you know that that doesn't work all the time. It doesn't work for me when I'm trying to buy a shirt. Large at this store is not the same as large at that store, and it might not always fit what I want. So instead of a one size fits all approach, we take a one size fits one approach. And we're more of a boutique that really we want to understand three things. One, what are you doing today? And two, what is it that you really want to be doing? And then three, how do we tailor solutions to help bridge that gap? So uh, the ability to, to really speak at a very intimate level to understand client needs uh, as opposed to here's our solution. You figure out how to work with it. We go the other way around. And, and that's really a big differentiator for us. Okay. So as a, as a layman in uh, probably manufacturing, but certainly in the software uh, world, uh, tell me a process which is you know, common that you're fixing. So I got, I've got a purchase order, they get lost and we have this, or we got a purchase order that we don't know a priority list and you, you know, systematically put that in so that we know what orders are going to get filled, when, how, when somebody needs to work overtime, et cetera. What is something, you know, to compare it to our business? We find a lot of times we'll walk into some places and we're shocked at how forward thinking and how how efficient some things are. And then we'll go into some businesses that presumably uh, are very successful, but we look at some of their processes. We're like, wow, they succeed in spite of themselves. So, you know, what, you know, what do you commonly see commonly fix? Uh, what in layman's terms, what are you really doing? Okay. Well, in extreme layman terms. I want to make sure I emphasize that. Uh, okay. Um, one of the, the, the most basic things we do is we take people paperless. So everybody has to have seven and a half years worth of documents for tax purposes. And, you know, God bless the person that has to go back and find something from seven years ago because it's going to take them a week to do it. So instead of, yeah, if they can even find it. So instead of having offices and hallways that are lined with banker boxes, we give people uh, an electronic repository, which means now uh, just in the same way you go up to Google search something and you have it in a snap. Well, that's what we do with Trendox. Uh, so are you business. scanning in documents of year over year over year? Like there's a history to that? Or are you starting from today and saying, hey, countdown starts today, seven and a half years from now, you're not going to be responsible for having this purchase order and this bill of sale? Uh, we can do either way. And we've had clients do it both ways. Generally speaking, it's a uh, we're starting today. Uh, but sometimes clients do want to scan in, uh, you know, their history and and start that way. But from our perspective, you know, we're an electronic document file cabinet. That's one of the basic things that we do to help people. Electronic document file cabinet. Yeah. We use Microsoft SharePoint, but you know, you're saying you've got a better one for me. This is Frank Gemley with the Kentucky Association of Manufacturers, proud sponsor of Built in the Bluegrass. For over 100 years, CAM has served our state's manufacturing industry through advocacy, 
workforce development, education, and training, as well as cost-saving benefits for members. Fighting for manufacturers is what CAM does best, representing the industry in both Frankfurt and in Washington, D.C. Whether it's advocacy, offering discounts, or group health insurance, CAM has its members covered. Learn more and become a member by visiting cam.us.com. So, yeah, let's talk about manufacturing specific needs. You know, we, uh, full disclosure, how we met was at the the CAM's most recent uh, conference whenever he was talking about, you know, we were talking about the podcast. He was talking about some of the things they do for manufacturers. You know, we have a lot of people who listen to our show that are widget makers across Kentucky. Whenever you find somebody who isn't ready for you or is ready for you, what do they need to be thinking about? Is it what is the what's my ROI on this going to be? You know, how much do things cost to do it the way we used to do it? Um, You know, you mentioned automating, you know, manual processes. How how am I going to win by making sure we use these types of softwares and this automation? Sure. Uh, Well, to start off, first of all, it's typically controllers or chief financial officers or CEOs, presidents of companies that are driving change towards the types of things that we provide. Um, And so the ROI is always top of mind for them. They want to know what is it that I'm going to invest and how quickly am I going to get paid back? Um, So with us, one of the things that we help people do is understand what does it cost you to have somebody open the mail have somebody look at that invoice, manually key information off of that invoice into their financial system. Manually track down an approver that says, yes, you can pay that bill. What does all that cost? Uh, well, we understand that and can show them slice by slice um, you know, what things are going to cost them today, manual versus when we automate. So the ROI question is one of the things that we kind of tackle first. And the short answer there is, Generally, well under one year paybacks. Typically, it's a matter of months uh, that our solutions pay for themselves in earned savings. So a lot of times um, we talk about the cost of inaction and it's it's hard to put a a hard cost on something that you don't change. Uh, The cost of inaction you mentioned just now, uh, open up an envelope, figure out, you know, what it's, who it's supposed to go to, who would have been responsible for purchasing it. Should we be paying this? Was the build amount the same as what was bid? You know, when you're doing all of that, you know, we've done it this way. It doesn't really cost us anything anymore because we got the salaried people that are typically doing this. You know, from a cost of inaction perspective, um, are we, if I'm talking to a controller at the company, are they thinking they're going to lay off people when they get you? Like, what is that cost of inaction? Like, what is the cost of staying and doing it the way that we are? I know you just mentioned ROI, but when I stick with a, um, not just a manual process, but however I've been doing it currently. Does that come into play? Cost of inaction? Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, change is one of those things. Um, um, we like change. You go first. Nobody wants to go through change first. They, they want to see things work successfully in other places before they hop on. Uh, but the cost of inaction, uh, let's say that you have an audit and um, the auditors say, okay, I found these 25 documents that uh, have a discrepancy and and I want you to find them for me. What happens when you can't find them? What happens if your um, company gets hacked and those documents that were stored on SharePoint now are erased? 
what happens then? Well, that, that's not a pretty situation. So what um, are you doing? Like, so you all are just giving them backup, like on the cloud software? Like, how are you, like, what is, what are you doing that that's, that in that SharePoint example is not being done? Well, that, that's where Trendocs being the electronic file cabinet kind of comes into play. We do host um, in Microsoft Azure. We do have some clients that want to be um, on-premise on their own servers. Uh, but even in those cases, uh, you know, we help provide information and sort of a backup that, you know, if something were to happen, we were a safety net. Meaning, you know, just like I'm sure some of my stuff right now is on a, in a Google data center in Columbia, South Carolina somewhere, uh, you're saying that you provide that in a similar context. Right. We, we're hosting uh, in Microsoft Azure for, you know, cloud solutions as a backup. Got it. So talk, you know, you mentioned your one size fits one. I want to end with just some some customization things that come to bay because that is, I would say if there's anything I've noticed about, you know, it it sounds cliched at first, like, you know, we do whatever you need or we can be flexible on this. And, and it, the flexibility doesn't really, when flexibility is in marketing, the word flexibility, it's not heard at the same level that it was preached and intended. Now, everybody wants the flexibility once they're into it, but they're, when they're first listing, they're thinking about price. What is your value? You know, what do you compare to other people who's your competition? So on the customization piece, you know, the one size fits one. Do you start with a basic platform that's like, hey, most manufacturers do this, and and here's step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then we get to one, like, yeah, 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 that's about right. Two, no, we do that a little different. Three, we haven't done that at all, and I don't think that we can because here's what we do: we're in the food production. Da, da. Or, you know, walk us through what that process looks like if you're evaluating. Sure. Well, you're absolutely right. That's that's how we start, and and most back offices are, you know, seventy five or eighty percent the same. But everybody has something that they do just a little bit differently than everybody else in their accounts payable or in their whatever. And so generally, we start with a platform uh, that we'll bring as a, a good place to start the conversation. And then to use the word, you know, consultation again, that's really what we do is we just uh, become business partners to challenge the status quo to say, well, what would happen if we did things this way? Um, you've, have you tried doing this before? Um, so that other 20 to 25%, people want to have their own rules. Whenever things are up to a certain dollar threshold, maybe they want it to go all the way up to the president to sign off. Uh, whenever things are a, a certain vendor size, maybe they want the routing to have an extra set of eyes in it. So all those different things that, that we can do to automate uh, workflow approvals based upon the different criteria that we grab. Uh, those are the types of things that really make the the automation as unique as you come to life. And so are you recoding that or is that just like, a, okay, I can check this box if I want it to go up a level or change this around? Yeah, we're, we're building out workflows that are coded, developed right in uh, Lexington, right here in Kentucky, and then implemented in conjunction with the client's existing financial systems. Cool. So anything you want to leave us with here, uh, you know, we're, wrapping up towards the end of the show and you know just is there something that we like to talk about you know here is like something that really bothers you that you wish more people knew about maybe it's the software system you know we deal with a lot of i've learned a lot more about SaaS. you know software as a service like pieces that come into play that you know the ROIs seem to be returned pretty quickly what are the you know what is something you want to leave us with that you wish more people knew about your business i i guess the one thing that i wish people would uh 
would think about when they think about our businesses, um, what is the ROI? Um, and you know that depends in some part upon how large of a company you are, how many documents you're processing. Um, but you know, are you outgrowing QuickBooks? Are you already on Oracle or Microsoft? And really, it doesn't matter from our perspective. We can pick up wherever you are and help you increase efficiencies. Um, so just the um, the opportunity to talk is really one of those things that people think, okay, we, we don't really need that because we're already doing things and we're, uh, we're running just fine off of Excel. Well, maybe you're running okay off of Excel, but how much faster could you run uh, if you had the right tools in place? So that, that's really the mindset that I would like to challenge. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Excel. We run a, we run a lot of things off of Excel ourselves because it's like, hey, it, it was well designed. You know, you can you can do a lot of things in a simple format that has some formulas. If you understand them, that's that's good to go. So, you know, you touched one thing that I want to ask before I go. You mentioned the natural or a stair step, and I know I'm trying to oversimplify, but is a stair step like, hey, I do it myself in-house. I'm using Excel. Whoop. Got a little more sophisticated now. I need to get into QuickBooks. I need to have all this stuff lined over it. All right. Now we've bought an Oracle or a Microsoft, you know, standard software that we're we're using. Beep. Now we're to where the level we need, which is more customization to our particular need. Is that the flow that you typically see? <clears throat> that that is kind of the flow. And you know, for us, we're focused on small and mid-sized businesses. So um 50 million to 500 million in annual revenue, that's kind of a sweet spot for us. Um so if you're, if you're below that, maybe Excel's working just fine. We had one client that uh, told us they were spending four hours a week creating a uh, spreadsheet uh, that was so large, so complex that it crashed their computer. But the purpose of that spreadsheet was to tell their buying team, here's what we need to pay this week. Uh, well, all of that now is done you know, automatically with, with no time spent by their team because of us. So once you get to the point where you're feeling pains like that in Excel, that's really a good time to talk to us. And then once you turn into, um, you know, Coca-Cola or Pepsi or somebody of that size, you've probably outgrown us by that point. Good deal, everyone. Thanks for listening to a, another episode. Jeremy, thanks for being on. We really appreciate it. Uh, another episode signing off of Built in the Bluegrass. Again, this is uh, Jeremy Pritchard, who is the Director of Sales and Marketing for Trendocs. Guys, thanks for listening and talk with you soon. Thanks, Griffin. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Built in the Bluegrass. We hope you're leaving this episode with a better understanding of the cool stuff made in Kentucky. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show. This way you'll get notified as new episodes become available. Until next time.